0: love that old hymn that says these words, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace that is greater than all our sin. You know, grace, although it cannot be earned is the most generous gift that our Abba Father could ever have bestowed on us his children. Grace is the link that connects our hearts to God's heart and then gives us heaven's perspective. Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. You've tuned into the Charisma Podcast Network, and this is your host, Carol McLeod. I want to make sure today that you don't overlook the grace that the Lord has lavished on you. Grace. It's one of those words that we know it's important. We know it's wonderful. We know it's a gift, but we really don't understand the depth of this word grace. But today we're going to hunker down and learn what grace is all about. Let me start by reading the definition of the word grace from a Bible dictionary. Grace, particularly that which causes joy Now, you know I like that. Grace brings joy into your life. Let me read a little bit further. The absolutely free expression of the loving kindness of God to men, finding its only motive in the bounty and benevolence of the giver. So God's motive for giving you grace is just that he's generous. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. He just gives it because he is a giver. And then finally, it changes the individual to a new creature without destroying his individuality. So what grace does is it makes you the very best version of you. You will still be you with your own fingerprint, with your own gifts and talents and abilities. But because God has given you grace, you will be an extraordinary version of you. Now, let's read a few of the scriptures that we've already read that contain the word grace in them. First of all, from Ephesians chapter one, verses three through six, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing His grace is glorious, these verses from Ephesians tell us, and it is worthy of our praise. His grace connected us to God and has seated us in the heavenly places. We now have heaven's perspective because of the gift of God's grace. Let me read Ephesians 1 verses 7 and 8. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. His grace is so rich and so lavish that it causes us to be redeemed and forgiven. If not for grace, you would still be on that pony ride at the circus. Remember that? If not for grace, you would still be living your life in darkness. If not for grace, you would still be dead, dead. But it's grace that has set you free from the rut. It is grace that has turned on the lights of your life, and it's grace that's made you alive. The word grace in the King James Version of the Bible is used 170 times. That's a lot of times. 16 of the 21 epistles begin with the words, grace to you. Now, grace is not only a gift or a concept presented in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, it's the word for favor, and it's used no less than 118 times. Do you know what this tells me? Grace is an extremely important commodity in heaven. Grace is an extremely important word in the Bible, and grace may be the most valuable gift that you have ever been given. Grace is simply this. It's it's what God gives to people. It's what God gives to flawed, broken, and sinful people. Grace is his heart toward us, that results in the giving of all that he has and all that he is. Ephesians describes grace in so many different beautiful terms. And this is a few of the terms. You know, I'm a wordsmith. I love words. And so I have extracted from the book of Ephesians a few phrases that contain the word grace, the surpassing riches of his grace. Don't worry No matter how you've lived your life, no matter what you've done, you are not going to diminish God's supply of grace. How about this phrase the riches of his grace which he lavished on us? Now, don't you like that thought? Not only is God rich in grace, but he is not a hoarder, he doesn't keep it for himself. He lavishes grace on us. He throws grace toward us. He splashes grace on our lives. And then this phrase, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Grace is so glorious that you and I must break out in genuine worship and praise whenever we are the beneficiaries of it. These are beautiful word pictures of this gift. And I'm telling you something, today and tomorrow, we're going to get it. We're going to have an aha moment when it comes to grace. We're going to understand what the big deal is about grace and how it applies to our lives today in the 21st century. We're going to look at grace, how it works in our lives, and all of the different ways it is able to work within us. Now, remember, you are valuable to God. Your minutes matter. God has been thinking about you before the foundations of the world, but there was a problem. Sin separated you from God, and God wanted to buy you back. Remember, you are the crowning achievement of all that he created, but sin and darkness had stolen you. And the cost was so great to buy you back. Did you know that the cost of an item is set by what others are willing to pay for that item? God valued your life so much that he realized silver and gold were not valuable enough to buy you back. And so he bought you back with blood, with the life of his only son. And that was the beginning of grace in your life. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 talk about saving grace. Let's begin by studying saving grace. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. Part of the impact of grace in our lives is seen by the fact that grace saves us. Listen, my friends, you don't get good to get God, you get God to get good, and that is saving grace. Grace turned on the light and gave you back to God, your creator. Grace spoke life into you again, grace took you off the pony ride at the fair. You know, all the Jews at this moment in history knew about was the law. They got to God through the law, through performance, through doing rather than being. Their whole lives were about rigid and painful obedience, but grace changed all of that. Grace changed the way a man or a woman was able to approach God. We're going to close today's teaching and then pick it up tomorrow by looking at a Bible historical account. This is a lavish, glorious picture of grace in the response of Jesus to a sinful and dirty woman. She was the lowest of the low. She was the filthiest of the filthy, and she had been caught in the very act of adultery. John chapter 8 verses three through five. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? Okay, let's picture it. They brought this woman in who had been caught in the very act of adultery she was scantily clad, perhaps wrapped only in a blanket. And these religious leaders felt very self-righteous as they quoted the law. They said, Moses, the law said to stone her. It said to kill her, to disfigure her, to bruise her, to make her bleed, to make her pay. They were testing Jesus. And they said, Jesus What do you say? John 8 6. They were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground. You know what I love about this verse is that Jesus got his hands dirty. We don't know what he was writing, we just know what he was doing. He was getting his hands dirty. Because grace stoops low and grace gets its hands dirty. Grace doesn't accuse. It does not kill or disfigure or bruise or draw blood. Grace does not exact a payment. Did you know that grace has no stones in its pocket? Grace. Jesus got his hands dirty. I don't know what you're going through today, but Jesus sees and he cares. I hope you'll join me tomorrow as we continue the story of grace. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com And as always, know that I am praying for you today.